Welcome back, everybody, to From Grazer's Podcast. Uh, me and Frank are going three for three um, <laughs> with weeks here. Uh, there hasn't been, obviously, there hasn't been too much news going on. Uh, I think teams are slowly starting getting ready to report down to Orlando as training camps are around the corner. Um, but you had some things you wanted to bring up relating to the actual event in Orlando um, and how it may possibly relate outside of it. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But you can start off by telling us what's going on with the NBA right now. Well, there is... Obviously, the schedule is set and was released last week. But uh, there is... Not really rumors, but I guess circulation saying that maybe the season could be in jeopardy. And I'm definitely in that camp that has some concerns. And I kind of look to the other sports because I feel like they're all kind of in the same camp. Although some other sports are a little bit different. And I'll get to those reasons in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I am I am just a little bit concerned if uh, the season will actually happen because of all the, the facilities that are closing. I know the Bucks and the Nuggets closed down as well so yeah I just I'm not really sure what's going to go on and I think Adam Silver is taking the necessary steps and precautions but uh yeah it's hard with this virus so I'm really not sure I don't know if the teams uh I think I feel like they're closing down just as a precaution so they don't have any of their key players get sick the week before they enter that bubble or something Mm -hmm. strange like that um, I felt like they maybe it was more of like a, a quarantine situation because there's are there are teams that still have their practice facilities open with known positive cases on their team. So um, it kind of can go either way. I guess it also depends on what state you're into because clearly um, some states are struggling with this more than others. So um, depending on where your team's located, maybe you would rather just wait until you enter that bubble rather than taking a chance that someone I mean there's a poss- so many possibilities I guess of a way to catch it on your way to your practice facility in your certain state whereas in Orlando it's pretty laid out and you're so isolated yeah um but anyway so that's that's why I think some of the teams are just doing it it's more of a precaution than anything so that way they can make it to the bubble and then they'll just go about what they they should be doing each day yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on the on the states and what's really going on in those areas. Um, so, looking at another sport as football, uh, going into the weekend, the NFL had actually cut down their preseason from four games to two, and they were saying they still want to give teams and some of those extra roster positions and coaches be able to have time to evaluate and still get that chemistry built up because I mean they really haven't even been able to practice with teammates so they wanted to have at least something and it is you know two months from now but they recently yesterday or today actually they said that they are canceling the entire preseason so there's not really going to be any camps no practice I mean it's just it's tough and that and that that doesn't look good coming in to another sport so I think you had brought this up way back but in terms of the nfl i mean you think about these players they're wearing helmets they have pads 
their uniforms and I use the term lightly, but it kind of protects them um, from the virus because we're talking about basketball and this is the, the only sport in terms of, I, I mean, I guess aside from soccer, but like where you're just like skin on skin contact and like even hockey, you're in pads. So I think even them canceling the preseason and being concerned about their, them even being able to play um, kind of worries me a little bit for the NBA. But there is good news because MLB opening day is actually July 23rd, and they haven't really talked about uh, any concerns as far as that season being jeopardized. So there is a little bit of hope, but there's also, of course, the circulation that this season may get canceled as well. So Yeah, I mean, so I saw like a... Um... What is that? Like a mock-up, I guess, mm-hmm. of an NFL helmet that would be fully, like, full face shield, which they could do. Um, and you see doctors and people like that wear these face shields. So I think with hockey and NFL, they already wear helmets. So it would be, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to yeah. add a face shield to that um, to help. Baseball, you're you're pretty spread out for the most part. Um, Especially in the dugout. When you're yeah. on the field. Yeah, and in the dugout, they can keep themselves distanced or just even wear a face mask. Um, and even, like, the batter themselves, they, I don't think wearing a face mask to, like, run from home plate to first would be a big issue. Although, I don't know if they would actually do that or not. Um, like, if fielders would have, like, a mask they'd wear. All I know is Mike Trout, I saw him running bases wearing one. Uh was that like today or yesterday? Uh, so, but like the, with basketball, you're just so on top of each other, and there's no, you don't have like any equipment aside from maybe like a sleeve that has a pad in it. Like there's no, there's yeah. no anything on basketball players, and you can say the same thing about soccer players too. So, um, I think that's tougher. Yeah, with that, just like the sweat dripping down and just the contact, especially, you know, people posting up and how close you are on an NBA court as to, you know, like football where, I mean, you are tackling players, but there at least is some sort of protection. And of course, baseball, you're really not touching players ever except for tagging someone out. So, I mean, I guess you're sharing contact with the ball, the catcher and pitcher, but uh, yeah, there's just minimal contact there. And then, like you said, the dugout, I mean, they can spread out. So I guess that's probably why their concerns are the lesser of the other sports, but I think they're all still concerned a little bit. They should be, but yeah. Well, even with like soccer too, even though there's not a lot of padding, I feel like in soccer you're pretty part of part. Like, I mean, aside from like, I guess like, I don't know, it's not too often like your defensive line comes in contact mm-hmm. with someone on the other team right like it's, it's, not, it's i guess it's only when you're challenging or tackling for the ball set really. up. yeah so. so um yeah i don't know for for soccer i don't think it'd be too as bad as with basketball where you're you're literally just like in this confined space with each other mm-hmm. for 48 minutes yeah um, so we'll see what happens i mean hopefully they take advantage of there not being any fans and they can kind of spread the players out and not just I really I really think the bubble thing will work as long as they they stick to it like they don't they don't let up on any of their precautions that they're taking 
Um, it's also interesting to see how many players were actually sick, um, like when they did their testing in recent mm-hmm. weeks. Because um, I thought they would have been trying to keep on top of that before now. And it's weird because um, some of these players are now finding out that they're sick and opting out, which if they got tested maybe a couple weeks prior. Well, I guess they could have still caught it, so I don't know if that would have actually prevented anything. But um, I guess the idea was like, like they wanted to test the two weeks before, right? And then if you have it, you get the two weeks of quarantine and try to better yourself before you go in. Um, I know Spencer Dinwiddie wants a test tomorrow to see if he'll come up negative. And if he comes up negative, he's playing to travel with the team. Yeah. I think a lot of those players, like Avery Bradley, um, they're just concerned about their family more than anything and, and bringing anything back to their homes too, which is, I mean, it's smart. You can't fault them for that. But Well, what's interesting though is, and yeah, no, I, I, agree, with, I agree with that, but like they're, it's just weird because they're going to the bubble, right? And they're getting be tested like constantly. And some of these players are going to be there for a long time. It's not like they're going on like a business trip for a couple of days and coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they're going to infect their family because they went out of the house. Like, like, I feel like it's, it's the same likelihood of you catching it and giving it to them as if you went to, you know, like the grocery store. Yeah. Um, assuming that the NBA takes, uh, this really seriously. So. I think they because are. Because if, if they're not on top of stuff, it could get out of control, and then it would be like, it would be pretty bad. Yeah, I think Adam Silver is doing a good job, though, and a lot of the players seem to seem to respect his choices, and, and I haven't heard anyone really out be outspoken about what he's doing. So, it's always a good thing. I'm very hopeful, yeah. I though. Guess, I guess the main concern would be like someone catching it, and then they play a game like in one of these games and then both teams become infected before they they do their next test and then before you know it now that's two teams that can't compete yeah. that could lead to cancellation of games or postponing um which at that point i don't know what you're supposed to do because i think it's two weeks before you can like step back out of what you're doing right before it's not contagious mm-hmm. anymore oh yeah know that's it's like a two-week uh so like week quarantine you have to be yeah yeah so so i think that's probably their biggest concern is if something like that happening where a whole team now has it and it could cause maybe even like a forfeit situation i don't know um so that's i don't know i just have my fingers crossed that they take every precaution before they let anybody into that bubble same yeah and then the people that are in there are healthy um of course they still practice you know, like proper hygiene and like wearing the mask, staying away from each other, do social distancing yeah. and just, um, again, I, I think the players want to finish the season just as much as anybody else. So I would assume they're all on board with whatever, uh, they have set in place, whatever rules that might be. I think, I think from a business standpoint and the, they see the NBA, and like, let's say like LeBron gets it or like AD or Giannis or like Giannis and Chris Middleton, for example, like I don't like they, that's not going to be good for ratings, but I mean, it's not like they could have helped it. So I don't, I don't know what they would do in that case. I really think they'll, they'll just end up canceling, which would be really unfortunate. And I hope they don't, but I mean, I don't know how, like you said, I don't know how much longer they can push it back because they do have dates in place. 
and you're running into the fall and it's going to be next year so it's just it would just really cause a lot of complications i feel like so i just don't know what they would do and then especially if it's just like one superstar like let's say Embiid gets it but like the rest of the team's fine it's like like the sixers obviously don't want to play in that at that position because it's like well our best player is down and then you know like what do you do in that case too right yeah no i mean and a lot of people say so i was watching some debates and um they're saying whether it would be an asterisk next to if you won the championship this year or not and i i feel like there's going to be either way just because of the situation mm-hmm. um whether it's positive or negative i don't know again that'll be up to people's opinions but it become more um like an objective thing if say the lakers and the bucks played in the finals and like you said like say lebron james gets coronavirus and he has to sit out and the bucks win like it's that's like, a huge yeah. asterisk because like that nobody knows what happens um and it's weird because that does it happens with injuries also but right. um this is something more that it's just weird I don't it's know. just I, very I unique like, very unique situation yeah. so because yeah. it's not a freak thing like it's a known thing that can happen mm-hmm. so it's not yeah injuries it's happen not to say like it couldn't have been avoided like it could have been avoided if they weren't playing so yeah um it's just it's it's strange but yeah i think if unless something major like that happens where like a major key player on a on a team that's competing becomes catches this and they can't play um it, it will probably end up costing them and then i think that does like put a little like of a stain on that championship if you make it through that team and win yeah um the one thing that i was thinking about and actually someone brought this up I was just on Reddit one night, and uh, it's different because with basketball and hockey, we were in, like, we were, we were, it was during the season when the virus hit. But for football, for example, the, like, the draft was just finished, and, like, the virus was coming around. So the season hadn't actually begun yet. So what happens if they end up canceling the season? How do they do the draft? Because, in the NFL, they were talking about it, and they were saying, well, since we didn't actually play this season, we're like it would just be the same draft order as the 2020 draft. So it's just, I wonder what they would do in the NBA in that point. Like, would the same team get this, like, the same pick two years in a row? I, I'm not sure. It's weird. I don't you know. Because then they were talking about, they're like, wow, the Bengals get Joe Burrow this season, and then... If they end up not playing, it's like, well, they got the first overall pick again next year. Because it's like, what else do you go based off of, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not too sure I have an answer for that. Because like I said, this is weird because they, they actually did play this season, but there was no crowned champion. Like, the season technically didn't finish. So, like, I don't know if they yeah. would go off of these standings. Like I said, it's easier in football because the season hadn't start. So... They just go based off of the last season that actually finished. Well, it's funny because they already have the... There's eight teams that are out already, so their their lottery odds are already set. Like, that's... Yeah. Those aren't changing, so... Um, I think it's when you start yeah, getting to the playoff teams. Yeah, I see what you're saying. If, the, if, there was, if this somehow continued um, into next season and they didn't have a season... Yeah. I, I don't know if they can... It would be pretty ridiculous if the Warriors <laughs> got back-to-back first picks that would be 
That would be crazy. Um, yeah, that would just like, man, talk about luck of the draw. And then they <laughs> might slowly be able to do the the Giannis trade thing we talked about last. Yeah, time, which yeah. Is just stupid. Um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. I I think my hopes are because I think it, they were saying it takes like a year to develop a vaccine, about give or take, you know, yeah, like three or four months. Um, the way the NBA set up right now is this thing is going to go until, I mean, the finals would be in October, then they'd have two months off, about two months, um, right or no? <laughs> I don't even think it would be two months, would it? Because the turnaround is what December first. Yeah, December first when the season begins again, right? I think so. Wow, it has to be. I know they're starting in December. I just yeah, I don't think they're. Yeah, I think it was December one is something. I don't know if that's training camp or like the actual season. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. That is a quick turnaround. Um, I mean, hopefully, by then they have some sort of vaccine because it's been. I mean, this thing started occurring in, what, November? So, and I don't know who's been doing research on it. I mean, that's a little bit out of my realm. But I know once it hit here in the U.S., it was, like, February. And in March, like it got really February, March, Yeah, March, it was, like, yeah. March is, is when it, like, really took over. So, they would be researching that since around that time. So, it'd be close to that year point. So, I'm hoping by then they have something in place that we could just get back to normal things like actually having fans at the games um i mean even that though like they might be able to just start out the season with no fans um or maybe even do a bubble again and then slowly work it back into okay we're gonna we're gonna ditch the bubble you guys are gonna be playing at your home games but no fans until like just slowly like work it until we get to the point where it seems like it's pretty safe to you know resume normal life um but what i again i'm not a doctor and i don't really know what they're doing on that end of stuff uh but the nba seems to be pretty far out ahead on that especially with the ring thing i don't know if you saw that i did not so the nba i think they partnered with like a private company Players are going to be wearing these rings um, if they opt into it, I think. Oh. Um, but the ring that they wear will test your temperature, your pulse, um, I did see that, your sleep, yeah. stuff like that. And if it, it's supposed to be able to basically not diagnose you, but like send off like or like send something to somebody and tell them, hey, this person has abnormal uh abnormalities in their sleep schedule this or that and what it does basically is it has the ability then to predict whether you have it um then you would take a normal test and apparently it's like 90 percent accuracy or something that it that this ring will catch it like three days earlier that's great than a regular trying to test get ahead one. of it yeah that's awesome if that works yeah so um it should be interesting to see if that actually works too yeah, hopefully it does. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, other than talking about this crappy coronavirus, that's yeah. kind of ruined quite a few things this year. Um, yeah, not only sports. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a lot. 
Um, we can talk about Rookie of the Year race, which a lot of people seem to think Zion is going to catch John Morant. Um, I, you know, I'm going to let you get into your thoughts. I'm going to let you go first. Um, I think there's so many, again, we understand that the NBA and, and sports organizations, they are a business first. And I understand that they, that they really want to push for Zion in the playoffs and this whole narrative, but being the number one overall pick and, and just Zion, 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 you know, it's just, that that's where they're just making their money here. But, uh, I don't know because he hasn't played a ton of games. Jaws played since the beginning. Uh, he was, I mean, Jaw wasn't the favorite coming in, but, uh, since Zion's injury, yes, Jaw took over the favorite spot in terms of sportsbook odds. And and I don't know. I just think I think to me it's really gonna depend on the playoff situation. And I think they're gonna they're gonna weigh a lot on that. And I think that's gonna help ratings and it, it's gonna create sort of like a narrative or like a story that if somehow Zion's team, if he can somehow bring them into the playoffs and knock out Memphis I just think I think they'll give it to Zion in that case, but if if it stays the way it is, I I'd have to go with Jaw just just in terms of how many games he's played and and also what the I mean they're both playing incredible, but I, I would give it to Jaw on that point. But I think they're going to try to make a narrative out of it, and they'll probably weigh heavily on that. Um, I kind of feel like people are already starting to make basically that narrative. Yeah, and um, to me, I just I don't think Zion's played enough games this season to. <laughs> be in the conversation um because Josh played the full season he's outplayed expectations like way beyond what we thought I didn't think Memphis was going to be a playoff team at all did I. <laughs> oh my gosh I water went down the wrong way um and so if you if you just look at like the full body work I feel like Ja has done so much more to help his team whereas with the pelicans they've really been able to just like ease zion into his spot um because ingram's had an amazing year and he's gonna win most improved i would think um without a doubt yeah uh lonzo has had a better season i would say um i mean his numbers don't really say that but i, I think just like watching him i think he's been playing much better Still got Drew Holiday, who's honestly very underrated, probably the most underrated point guard in the league. Um, and it's just like that's a ton of help around this guy. And then you got guys like JJ Redick, who's a veteran, can still contribute very easily to the team. Uh, each one more is now coming off the bench, and he's been a solid piece for them, um, which honestly makes their team awesome because going forward, having him off the bench. Like, he could easily start for another team in this league. So, yeah. um, that's big. Uh, Jackson Hayes has been a surprise. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be. Um, I don't know. I actually didn't really know who he was until this season. So, that's exciting. Um, and they still have Derek Favors. That was a good pickup. Another vet that's just a solid dude. Um, down low, can rebound, play defense. So, yeah. Um, they got a lot of pieces to fit around him, whereas Jaw. Not to say he doesn't have the pieces, but um, I think expectations were much lower for his team than Zion's. Um, and Zion's team has been 
I mean, obviously they perform better with him, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like overall they've, it's just like John Morant's been more impressive. Yeah, especially like the Jaw's been asked to do more, I feel like. And like when you compare those starting lineups and those teams, like you like Jaw's just being asked to do more in that case. Like it's him and Dylan Brooks and Valanchunas, Jaron Jackson, right? But But then you compare it like, Again, what the Pelicans, like you talked about, I mean, they just have depth and just a solid team. It's like if you take Zion out of that lineup, obviously they they decrease in value, but then you take Ja out of that Memphis lineup, and they may not even be in the conversation for that eight seed right now. Yeah. So I just think he's, in terms of value, he he's more valuable to that team. And like you said, it's just Zion has the pieces around him. And again, he's only yeah. played 19 games, so I, I don't, I, I don't think he's played enough either. So, I would, I would give it to Ja, for sure. Yeah, and you can make the argument that Ja Morant has like the same, um, like supporting cast, I guess. I mean, so Jaron Jackson Jr. I like a lot. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, each season he improves so much more, and this season has just been another huge leap for him. Uh, Dylan Brooks, another guy that's just slowly becoming just a solid piece for them. Uh, Valanciunas, honestly, pretty solid pickup for them. When I thought it was kind of dumb that they traded Marcus Gasol, I think bringing him in, he's a little bit younger than Mark, I believe. Uh, seven years, sure seven pretty years. Old. Yeah, definitely. Old. Um, <laughs> and but he's been in the league a while at least enough to be like that veteran voice and presence um but jaws you know he's he's the point guard of this team so a lot of things are going to run through him um whereas when you watch the pelicans play the offense doesn't run through zion yeah. it doesn't it doesn't always begin with him and it doesn't always end with him so um actually a lot of times it seemed like it was running through ingram so I would say, yeah. And I think, again, it's just made it Zion's life way easier in terms of, you know, he's come back from, I guess, just poor conditioning. I don't, I don't know if he really even had an injury, but um, he needed a lot of time off to get his conditioning right, which hopefully with all the time he's had off now, too, he's been able to work on that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, not they don't have to ask him to do more than he needs to with the with the team they have. Yeah, I mean, like, Jaw's the only all-star on that team, I guess. I mean, Jaw technically didn't make the all-star team, but, I mean, Brandon Ingram. So, you know, that's like their main option as far as scoring. So, yeah, not asked to do as much. Better team comp around him. So, I would say Jaw's just more valuable at that point. Right. So, that would be our rookie of the year. I guess we're both going Jaw yeah. pretty easily on that. Yeah. Um. What about MVP? Um, I would say Giannis. I just, I don't know if anyone's playing anywhere close to his level. Actually, if you go by, I didn't know there was an MVP tracker on Basketball Reference. And they actually have LeBron second, which I, I thought James Harden would have been second. But they are weighing LeBron a little bit higher in terms of probability. But uh, yeah, I would stick with Giannis just because... He's just so far ahead of the pack in terms of him doing everything on the court and just being an unstoppable force. And that team's record right now, very solid, very good. Um, I mean, yeah, 
I, 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 would, I personally would give it to LeBron over James Harden, for sure. It's second. Even though James Harden is averaging 34 points. But again, I think LeBron is, is doing more for that team. But when the season ended, I, I thought Giannis was... Uh, I, I Yeah, I would just give it to him based on the amount that both him and LeBron have played. Yeah. Like, clearly, it's Giannis. But I'm not going to say that I think it would have stayed that way. A lot of people are saying Giannis was running away with it. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of criticism for this, but I think right. LeBron would have <laughs> had a crazy... Like, he was just ready to have the craziest second half of the season. Um, and he balled out against the Bucks too. I think that was, like, one of their last games they played before this all got shut down. And it's probably one of the best, LeBron's best games of the year. So, um, I don't know. I just, I felt like he was ready to go on a tear. I don't know if it would have made a difference um, in terms of, like, a full body work. Because I don't think Giannis would have slowed down either. I think that's where my argument would be lost is that just Giannis would have just kept up the crazy production and would have still had the better record. Yeah. Um, but just, I think LeBron was really ready to make that much closer than it's, it was like perceived to be when it started. Like, I think he was going to close that gap. I think, I think I can agree with you there. I think we really would have seen LeBron's tear in the playoffs and I should say we will see it. I mean, I don't know because of everything that's going on, but I think that's where we see scary LeBron really come out and perform as far as during the regular season. I, you know, I don't know how much he would have closed the gap, but I, I think it would have been close towards the end there. But I just, I think Giannis definitely has, has a very solid lead. So. Yeah. And he does, he's doing well. I don't know. Cause I feel like Giannis team actually has more depth than LeBron's. I would like, I would say, yeah. Uh, it's just like his number two, obviously, is not as good as Anthony Davis. Like, Chris yeah. Milton is not Anthony Davis. Um, but outside of that, I think just top to bottom, like, the Bucks roster is so much better than yeah, definitely. the Lakers. But the Lakers did a good job. Um, they have a lot of veterans on that team. Um, a lot of those guys are very motivated. The only disappointing thing, actually, that I would say about the Lakers this season is probably... Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Um, that did not pan out the way I thought it would. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to somehow put him into some sort of trade package this summer uh, to bring in a third star. I don't know who that would be. I don't know who is looking to pick up a guy like Kyle Kuzma, especially the way he's played. Um, and it's going to be hard to match the money because Kyle Kuzma is still on a rookie contract. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely disappointing that Kuzma. Because I actually really had high hopes for him, and, and I really liked him. So, unfortunately, Honestly, it just couldn't work. I think what would have been a better option for them is if they traded Kuzma and have kept Lonzo. I think that would have been an awesome point. Uh, long term, yeah. I, I would agree with you there. Um, the only issue with that is I don't know how well he'd play off ball. Um, because LeBron is going to have a ball majority of the time. Yeah. But... Uh, in terms of defense, he he does literally what they need him to do. Like Avery Bradley starts at technically point guard, mm-hmm. although LeBron I think is their point guard. I don't really know at this point. The league's weird. Like at this point, there's no positions. But um, <laughs> uh, Avery Bradley, what he's doing, I think Alonzo could have did just as easily. I don't know. Again, I don't think his shooting would have been exactly the same. 
But Lonzo has improved his shooting this season at least a little bit. I think it takes it. It takes longer for those taller point guards to develop. So I think if they just gave him time, yeah. And I think Lonzo had the potential to be a much better defender. I mean, he's definitely been a better defender than Avery Bradley this season. Yeah, I think. It, I, I just think don't know how, out. like, what they felt, how they felt Kyle Kuzma was going to fit into this team. That's all. I'm. I'm still like a little unsure about. I guess um, did they? I don't know what they thought his role was going to be. Did they ever have AD at center, and then they have Kuzma at the four? Like, did they ever think that having like Dwight out um, there and AD would be like? too crowded i, I think know. that was part of the plan was to go to have small ball yeah um but i again lonzo's a big guard so like i don't understand when you have like 80 and lebron on the court i mean i guess unless you're trying to save lebron like save him some energy now you have a big body too because kuzma is what i think he's six nine i think so yeah um i like that he I think that was their plan was that he would just play power forward. He's six eight, so he's the same size. Yeah. Um, I don't know. His three point percentage is just in. The looks bad too. Yeah. Yeah. And the defense um, non-existent. <laughs> yeah, his defense has been really bad this year. Major drop off in points per game too. Yep. Might add. Um, hasn't started every game this year. Just like. The expectations for him is just, woof. Yeah. I don't know. He really just has not fit into this. Whereas, like I said, I think Lonzo is, he's such a pass-first guy. I don't think, like, even if you had him playing more off-ball, he would just make the right play. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that would have been an issue. Um, Also, he's shooting 38% from three this year. Um, he's taking six and a half attempts. Yeah. Really good. If you just look at his jump shot roll, he looks more confident when he shoots it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, he, he was definitely um, working on it and changed that, that form over the summer. So, But like I said, even his, just on the defensive end alone would have been crazy for them. Yeah. Um, and he's a young guy. So, like, actually, you know, instead of having, like, Rondo or or um, Bradley or uh, KCP out there, like, chasing these dudes around, like, I don't know if he'd get tired, even if he's – if you're like relieving him of some of the point guard duties that you'd like normally do, right. like hey, you can just go sit in the corner for a couple of plays because LeBron's got this. <laughs> and you'd be like, all right, we're like, I'm cool with that. And you get better. And he's a guy you can Lonzo. hand the offense over to when LeBron comes out. Like you don't have to worry about like how are we gonna get scoring plays. You don't need a guy like Deion Waiters to come in or J.R. Smith. Like yeah. you'd have him to. Again, I don't think he's a score first person, but. The ability to create plays, I think, would have just been so much more helpful than what Kyle Kuzma's brought to the table. And and Lonzo gives you the rebounding, which I was like, no. I mean, I kind of expected it, but I was like, Lonzo's probably grabbing more boards than Kyle Kuzma is. And, and yeah, he is. <laughs> but, yeah, right. he just he just gives you just an overall package that's just better. Like, I don't know what Kuzma's bringing to the table that Lonzo isn't doing or doing better than right now. Right, you know, it's just I don't know. The scoring's better, the passing, and like you said, when LeBron comes out, I mean, Lonzo will create for others. So, and you can stagger minutes too. So it's not like you need to play. It's not like the whole the starters are coming out, and you're just keeping Lonzo in. Like you can have a Lonzo Ball, Anthony Davis lineup that honestly would probably be freaking insane. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
and even just doing it with Joy Howard too. I think Joy Howard and him would run that pick and roll very well, um, especially to have the shooters around him. And I don't know, you you take Anthony Davis out and you put LeBron back in, and I like I said, I think I don't think he would have any complaints about LeBron running the offense once in a while. No. So, um, clearly, I think that's where I think the Lakers botch that trade package. Probably should have sent Kuzma. I'm wondering if they tried that and they just didn't take it. I don't... I really don't know. The thing is, the other way you could have done it, I guess, is kept Ingram, but I don't know if Ingram would have flourished with LeBron in 80. I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have been an all-star this year No, had that happened. And I don't... I don't know if we ever see his full potential if he's stuck with those two. So I'm kind of glad he got traded. I think that young team in New Orleans is, is really... Just solid. Like that core is just, it's just it's really be good. scary. Yeah. I think and the, people were talking about how they should trade Drew Holiday for someone. And I like, I don't even know if they need to do that. I, I feel yeah, like I Drew Holiday is just such a solid guard that it's like, why, why mess with that? It would have to be a nice package that comes along for them to, to move him, I think. Yeah. They have such a solid backcourt. And I don't know who, in terms of defense, I don't know who has a better, a better backcourt. In the NBA, between Lonzo oh, yeah. and Drew, yeah, easy. Like it's, it's just lockdown. I think the shakiest position for them would be center, but even it's not. It's like it's not bad. Like Jackson Hayes is has definitely shocked a lot of people in terms of his play, and he's a good rim runner. So, I mean, they have they have pieces there, and and I don't think this is a championship year for them, but they're they're all very young, and they're finally starting to, to figure out what they want to do. So, I really like we'll that. We'll see. Team. I don't know how important the center position is going to be other than, like like you said, just having a rim runner because when you have all these guys on the floor that can just get a shot or make a shot, um, you don't necessarily need much out of your center position other than to, you know, protect the rim, get a rebound, yeah, and just, like, set a hard screen. Um, and, like I said, their scoring off the bench isn't so bad either. They got J.J. Redick, each one more. Um, it's just... Josh Hart. All around. Just playing, a, but yeah. a, oh, dude. Yeah, Josh Hart, too. <laughs> oh. Forgot about that. Hey. Yeah, so you've you've got plenty of options. Man, I forgot Josh Hart was even in yeah. that package. Maybe he would have been nice to keep on the on the Lakers. Yeah. He would have been able to spread the floor. <laughs> better, um, than, better than KCP. <laughs> I just don't think his defense, like on both ends, would oh, yeah. be contributing as much as keeping Lonzo. Anyway, that that's that for that. Yeah. I don't Interesting stuff, though. Very. <laughs> um, so, speaking of players and moving, yeah, we have upcoming free agents. Uh, I'm just going to go with the first one because I think, all right, because Anthony Davis isn't going anywhere. I'm just going to say that. Oh, he's so, going. I'm I just pretty, want. Well, hold on. See, I have to disagree with you here because. I mean, oh, he's Lord. he's obviously going to the Knicks. So. <laughs> it's I'm like, just kidding, no. <laughs> no, he's staying. No, because a Knicks fan would say that. So I don't... Yeah, him and, yeah, him and Giannis are teaming up. The New York up. Post would put a headline, Anthony Davis thinks about Knicks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's he's staying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my no God. way. No way. No, he's not. He's not going anywhere. 
Um, I just wanted to acknowledge it because people are going to be like, well, you forgot about Anthony Davis. So there's Anthony Davis for you. There you go. He's not going anywhere. So <laughs> we can move on to our next one, which I also don't think is going anywhere. Um, Gordon Hayward has a player option. Um, he's going to pick it up, dude. That's yeah. way too much money to leave yep. on the table. Yeah, he definitely. Especially with definitely the injury stays. he had and his performance lately. Which he's been playing better and better, but um, there's just no way he leaves that much money no. on the table. No way. I think Boston could potentially look to trade him next year. Maybe. I think we talked about that with Brandon well, on, a, on an earlier episode. But but in terms of so the contract, yeah, he'll stay. Well, that's what's interesting. Um, in a way, it could mess up Boston if he didn't pick it up because there will be salary dump options, I think, for him. Um, but you need him to pick up that option to use that money to bring in somebody. Um, and what we were talking about was how Gordon Hayward could be moved for Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Um, his The money would easily match. Um, but... I again I don't know if the Knicks Oh yeah, the Knicks would do it to clear up cap space. That's why we were saying they would do it. So they pick up Gordon Hayward for the player option this coming year. Yeah. Right? They take in that money so that way the money's off the books for that summer. So that's twenty five ish million dollars, I think. It might be more. I don't know. Because they're backloaded, so they go up every year. I know his money was about twenty million to twenty five million a year. I think he Wait a second. It was like really high, right? Thanks I got to look this up because I was shocked when we saw it last time, and I was like, "Dang, that much money." Um, but yeah, it would, so it would be enough that it would create enough space to sign uh, a Giannis. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. It's thirty four million player option. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It is. <laughs> like, how do you not take that? Yeah, no, that's way too much money to leave on the table. Because I think right now, he's probably more like a 12 to $15 million guy on some teams. I think some teams would be willing to give him that. Um, if he wants to play for a team that's more of a contender or like looking for like the, the one extra piece that would help them, um, I think they would offer him less, so he'd probably be more of a like eight to eleven million dollar guy. Yeah, yeah. So Mitchell Robinson is signed through next season, and then starting in twenty twenty one, it is a team option. So yeah, they pick and it up his there? well, his he's still on a rookie deal, so his money is is nothing. No, no. It's basically <laughs> what it, what would they be doing was they'd be using their young asset in order to bring in. A guy to get certain contracts off the books so what they would do is i think the knicks played this right though because they signed a lot of guys for only like two or three year deals um the only guy they'd probably be looking to get off their books early would be julius randall so if the if it came like if push came to shove and the knicks were like yo we need to get this out of here who has the money to match gordon hayward obviously does so they would say we'll give you gordon hayward um, and they might try to get a first-round pick out of you, but you never know. Danny Ainge might somehow get a first-round pick out of them. <laughs> so it'd be like, all right, we'll take Gordon Hayward for um, if you take, I guess, say, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and 
they might try to get another piece in there somehow because they know they're helping the Knicks. So they might say something like Dennis Smith Jr. or, or whatever. A young guy that's not playing much that could, that has potential. Yeah, that same year that Mitchell Robinson's team option in 2021, Julius Randle is partially guaranteed $4 million out of the 19.8. So, $4 million? He's partially okay, so guaranteed they, four, yes. Okay, so they played that right too because I knew they were trying to do it so they wouldn't have to spend money that summer. Um, so I guess their goal was if they can't move Julius Randle, they're only going to have to pay that four. Like they could just cut him and say, sorry, bud, like here's your, you know, severance package, but we're, we're going, <laughs> going with something else. Yeah. Um, which honestly, that's not such a bad, that's pretty smart too. I will say like the, the what is the guy's name? Steve Mills. I think that's the guy that's in there right now. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't land any of the big names, he did make pretty solid, smart moves. I think the guys that they picked up um, were young. They could develop into something. I think, like, Bobby Portis was a good, a solid pickup. Yeah. Um, right. Julius Randle, obviously, was having, like, a breakout season and signed with them. And he played that smart because he knew he was going to want his money. He gave him the money, but he made he basically made himself a deal at the same time. He said, like, yo, you're going to get your close to 20 mil but when that season rolls around we will part ways with you if we can't either one get you out of here or two you're just not playing beyond expectations to the point of keeping you mm-hmm. um and they have mitchell robinson they have neil kia still they have uh dennis smith jr again now these guys are playing good um i don't know if that's because maybe the Knicks development sucks uh <laughs> I dude, that's why they should hire Kenny Atkinson. They need yep. to yep. be able to develop these guys. They're making the right plays, but they're not. They're still like not completing, you know, the home run play. They had a very talent. They had a very talented Alonzo Trier that they decided to cut. So, dude, it's weird. I don't. I don't so know why? <laughs> every time I watched him play, I thought he was really solid. Um, hey, I think he is. Really and he's had a couple of really big games, so I don't understand why they cut him. It's just so weird. They could have easily traded him for somebody. I have a feeling he's going to get picked up for Orlando. He definitely by will someone. Be. There's no doubt. Like that's a huge pickup for someone. Yeah, he's shooting. He's shooting 48% field goal and 36% threes. I mean, he's solid. Very solid. Definitely improved off of last year. I mean, I think he's getting. Yeah, he's getting 10 less minutes this year, and he was hurt. So, yeah. No, I don't know what his injury guy. was. Maybe his injury was kind of serious. I, it's just so weird to me. They. They released him for no real apparent reason. I really don't know like why yeah. at all. Um, I think they have Alfred Payton on that team too. They, yes, um, they do. So they have him, and don't they have a small forward that was pretty good? Oh, dude, RJ Parrott, their rookie. Oh my gosh, wow, he's that's pretty bad. good. <laughs> 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 but this is what I'm saying, dude. These guys are like pieces. borderline, you know? Yeah. But like they, for some reason, their development coaching is just not. Now, I'm not going to say every single player that ever comes and goes through your system is going to be the best player ever. No. Yeah. But out of all these guys that we just listed, like, there's got to be one that's like pretty good that you're just not, that you're messing up. I know. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, I don't understand what's going on with them. 
But Bobby Bobby Portis is only a one year deal, so like next season it's it's a team option if they want to. Yeah, so he signed two. Who else signed two? There's another player that uh, signed two with them that was young. Um, and Julius Randle got the three. Yeah, Alfred Alfred Payton's only guaranteed one million next season, so they could they could let him go. Same for Taj Gibson. He's only guaranteed oh, one million. Marcus Morris was their other two year deal. Hmm. What did they get out of the trade with him? Uh, did they get anything? Was Reggie Bullock pick, there to start the year? Uh, I I just remember he was on yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, he was. He was also an off-season signing. Oh, wasn't Maurice Harkless? Was it a three-way deal? I You're right. Maurice Harkless did because I don't somehow. remember. Maybe it was a three-way deal. It okay. He's an unrestricted free agent next season. But yeah, that was just a. He's actually not played so bad for them. Yeah. Again, I don't know why that was your. Big get for Marcus Morris. A lot of teams wanted him. I know. <laughs> Honestly, you could have. I don't know actually, but maybe you could have finagled the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma. I think that name had was you being actually still around. had an asset. Yeah. Honestly, dude, <laughs> they would have done way better if they held on to Porzingis and if he really wanted out. If they had traded him to the Lakers for him, that would probably been a better package although that makes a ridiculous fucking team in la of anthony davis lebron james yeah and uh porzingis that'd be insane well they had to get rid of that that contract it was massive they had to hurry up get rid of it and make room Dude, for all that cap space for zion it, yeah kevin durant and, and Kyrie. yeah Kyrie. they had to make room good thing they didn't get any of them Dude, it's still hilarious. I'm still happy that... I still can't even believe that they picked the Nets. Just because, like, nothing ever goes our way. But, you know, the Knicks in recent years also haven't had anything go their way. They haven't won a playoff series in this decade. Or, the last two decades. So, this century, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a shit show. So that's, that's good. But... No, people still want to play there, though. People, people love the Knicks franchise, so... All right. You know, I'm going to get into this because we have time. So, (laughs) dude, it's everybody says people want to play at MSG, but like the people that go to watch these games are tourists. And they, of course, they go for big games. They go for like the big names that go there, but not, they don't go to watch the home team. They just, they're literally just there for the names. So if you're, how do I put this? If you're. Is it worth signing with the Knicks, right, to play in front of that crowd every night? Or if the same people are going to show up to watch you, wouldn't you want to sign with a team that might be better? Yep. Exactly. So, like, either way, those people are going to show out to watch you. Like, every you can look up any game, dude, whether it's James Harden that showed up there. That was, that was a packed game. I think that was yeah. sold out. Obviously, Bron sells out every time. Like, all these guys, Giannis... Every one of these games, the games are packed at MSG to watch the opposing teams Yeah, play they're there for the other people. <laughs> right. And it's hilarious because then they complain about how they don't have any good players and how the owner stinks. It's like, <laughs> you know how you solve this? You don't go to the games. Yeah, don't buy. Very but simple. Again, as somebody pointed out to me, it's not just local fans that are going to these next games. It's mostly tourists. Yeah. And they don't care what team you play for. They just want to see the best of the best. So... If they're if their plan is to take a trip to New York City, they're gonna plan it and they want to catch a basketball game. They're gonna plan it so that way they catch 
you know, one of these big names play one of those nights. Yeah. Now, it would help you pack the stadium more, obviously, if they played for your team. So that way, 41 nights out of the year, you're going there to see the best guy on that team. Um, rather than, like, say, they're playing, uh, I don't know, just, I guess Charlotte. Charlotte's a pretty bad team with no major, major names. Right. Right, so, like, people aren't going to go, tourists aren't going to line up their their trip to align with seeing a Charlotte Hornets game. But if the Knicks were playing the Hornets and you have a guy like LeBron James on your team, it, every night it's going to be packed. It's going to be yeah. sold out. Yeah, That's where their problem is. And that starts by having a better team and actually giving a guy an incentive to come and play for you because you would actually have a chance at winning and you could do that thing you do that happens when you visit Madison Square Garden on another team. Also helps if you don't trade away your best player on a on a rookie contract, but yeah, I mean that yeah, that, just, that, that just helps, I guess. I don't know. It's hilarious that they're like, "Oh, we're gonna recruit these guys," um, but before we do that, let's trade our best player that would have any recruiting ability. <laughs> yep. I, I want to go play with Bobby. It would have been such a better pitch if you were like, "Hey, um, Kyrie and KD, if you want to come play for us." We also can put you alongside Porzingis. Although, I mean, he was coming off the ACL, but still. It's better than Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I want to go play with Bobby Portis and risk getting punched in the face if I look at him the wrong way. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so we are, we are normal <laughs> Nick's rant. Our Nick shit, shit talk. All right. <laughs> so that was that was Gordon Hayward. We went from Gordon Hayward to the Knicks. <laughs> okay. Um. Paul Millsap is also on this list. I'm a restricted free agent. He's getting older. Yeah, he is. I think he's um, 30, 35. Oh. I don't even know if he's played. Um, actually, I guess he has played this season, right? I know 40, he wasn't too games. healthy last season. Yeah. All right. I think he's, I don't know. I think I think he's think like solid fit, for them. But like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they want to go younger. Because it is, bless you, by the way. It is, um, it is 30 million. So... Yeah, so I'm, um, he's, wait, they have a team option? I thought uh, he was unrestricted. No, no, yeah, you're right, restricted, never mind. Or, uh, oh, unrestricted, okay. yeah. All right, yeah, so he, um, like you said, I think he complements what they have there already. Um, I don't know where else he goes that makes a huge impact. Um, again, obviously, like, the top teams, you can throw him in a rotation and he'll, he'll be fine um it'd probably actually be helpful but um at this point i don't think he's gonna get another max contract and no. i don't know who is gonna be looking for him honestly like i would say the rockets if his defense is still like as good as it was um i haven't really watched a denver game in a while yeah. and when i have he's been he's been out so like that doesn't help but um he, if, if it's still pretty solid, like you said, maybe the Rockets. Um, I was thinking more like Portland because they don't really have like a power forward that can yeah, shoot they play don't. defense. Um, that might be a pretty good spot for him. Uh, who else? I don't know. I mean, hell, he might take a small deal with the Lakers and somehow be If in the that Celtics rotation. did choose to move Hayward at some point, that might be a guy. If they were going to do that this summer somehow. 
that might be a guy they would look into as another rotation player. Um, assuming, again, I mean, it depends on what they get back for Gordon Hayward. They might be able to fill the power forward center void um, somehow. But if they if they don't on a Gordon Hayward move, Paul, Paul Millsap might not be such a bad pickup. Yeah, that would be solid for them. I'd like that too. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely like Houston though, especially with what they're doing with the small ball. Plus, he can. Yeah. I mean, you never know. There's other teams though that might just offer him a ton of money to just yeah come play for them, and it you know that might just be the guy, like the place he goes. Like if Charlotte offered him a lot of money, yeah, he'd probably I, take I it. I don't see why he wouldn't take it. Even at that age, yeah, he probably just saying, "Let me just get my money since I'm almost out of here." So. Yeah, it depends on what he wants. Is he is he a collect his check kind of guy, or is he just trying to, you know, win a championship? Or if he's in a Vince Carter situation where you just want to get as much playing time as possible, um, honestly, maybe staying in Denver would be his best choice. Yeah. Because I think he would still start for that team. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what they would offer him, especially at his age. But yeah, I think I think he. Would be happy to take it, considering it what depends they built. It depends on if Michael Porter Jr. really develops, um, and what they want to do with their like front line. So, do they want to? Do they want to go a little bit smaller and move Porter Jr., which he's not that small, but he could play the four. Um, they want to slide him down, keep. Uh, it's Gary Harris. They're starting two guards still. I feel like they switched that a lot. Um, and Will Barton. <laughs> and Will Barton, yeah. So it would depend on what they want to do. Do they want to start moving in like a younger direction and getting like maybe a younger lineup out there? Especially if Michael Porter is healthy, yeah. It definitely could. Michael Porter could be huge for them if he's, if he's healthy. Because he was going to be really good out of college. Uh, yeah, I, got no, I, I don't have much more on Paul Millsap. No. So, what about DeMar DeRozan? He has a player option. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I... I feel like maybe he'd want to stay. And it really just depends on what he wants. He's only 30. I say only lightly, but yeah. I mean, he's still got some years left. I just don't know what that team wants to do. I feel like they're kind of starting to move in a younger direction. I mean, this is going to be the first year. I'm just just guessing that they don't make the playoffs. But um, yeah, I don't know. They have a lot of a lot of older players. I think I think they're going to want to start to move towards that younger generation. But again, it's really up to him. It. I think it just depends on if he feels like he can win with what they have there. But I, yeah, I don't know because he's still playing fairly well. I just I'm just not sure what he's thinking really. He's, I don't, I think he's going to opt in because that $27 million, he's not going to get that again anywhere else. Um, although it could depend on what happens with the coaching. Um, there are rumors that Popovich might leave. I don't know how true that might or might not be. Um, again, I, that also comes down to what Pop wants. Does he want to just ride out with San Antonio, develop guys? Does he want to retire? Or does he want to have an opportunity to win another championship and coach again another just like group of you know top talented players? I don't know. 
Um, that would be up to him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I don't know if that would affect his choice too much. Obviously, Pop stays. I think he would definitely want to opt in because yeah, it seems like play, players want to play for him. Um, like it's an experience that you don't, he'll never get um, again. So I think if he if he opts in and he decides and Pop stays, which I think would be probably the main reason why he would want to stay is if Pop does. I think he'd have to understand that that team probably isn't going to be competing for a few years. So it's like you might only get like one or two more shots at a chip when he's like 34, 35, or even maybe 33. I mean, that, that's just what I see. He'd just have to be in it for the long haul, really. Yeah, I agree. It'd be either, you know, spend the rest of, I guess, uh, not really his prime. I think he's on the back end of that. He might have like two years left of like really high production. Um, but yeah, so it's it'll be like two years of that, but you're doing it on a team that, like you said, you won't really be contributing in terms of like wins. Um, it's probably going to be a lot of losing. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't think, is also going anywhere anytime soon. So it's just, it's weird. I don't think, again, it'll be, it depends on if he wants to use the time he has left at the level he's playing at to bring a team a championship well not bring but you know contribute in some sort of way or collect this paycheck that's going to be pretty high so um i mean again he could opt in for just the one year take the money and then then go and pursue that that championship but i don't know yeah, I don't know I how guess many. The one year wouldn't make too much of a difference. I don't know how many years Aldridge has left. I know he's 34. So in terms of age, I'm not sure, but he is a unrestricted free agent in 2021. So he's got another year left on that team, at least. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure he'll pick up this option. It just depends if he wants to get out of it one year earlier and save himself one more year of just you know. High production on a bad team. Yeah, I agree. Um, who else was next? This is a pretty good list. Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. Uh, yeah, this is a no-brainer. They're, <laughs> they're going to pick him up. That's not even... They'll match anything they send his way. I, I think... Honestly, I think the Knicks will go all out here. And uh, I think they can pry him from New Orleans' grasp. It depends. Well, here's the thing. It, honestly, though, joking, but not joking. Real, that is a realistic situation, though. If they so, it depends. Obviously, if they don't, it depends on what they want to do. I don't know what the Knicks' target is. Um, obviously, Giannis is, but that's not this summer. It's next summer. I don't know who they're trying to pair with him. But Ingram, you could, you could theoretically, and the Nets again, dude. If you look at the Nets rebuild, they did a lot of this kind of stuff. So, like, the Knicks are taking what the Nets did and just they're not executing it again because they don't have a, a coach. Um, but if they were to start taking some plays out of the Nets book, they were offering guys like restricted free agents massive contracts, trying to pry them away. And what they did was, in the meantime, they caused financial problems for a bunch of teams. So, um, like Portland, they had Alan Crabb up as a restricted free agent. The Nets dumped a lot of money 
on him that summer. He agreed to it, and Portland matched it because they were afraid to lose him. They ended up becoming like the highest salary in the league since then. And they had to, in order to get rid of his contract, the Nets said, we'll trade you for him if you throw in a first-round pick or, or something like that. I forgot what they got out of it. I'm pretty sure it was like a first-round pick. So in the end, they got Alan Crabb and a pick out of it. So I'm not saying the Knicks are going to do the same thing, but they could, theoretically, yes, they'll have the money to send a big contract his way. And then these smaller market teams, that's tough because that's a big contract to swallow. It suddenly puts a lot of money on your tax. Um, And he's not going to be the only guy up because next season, I believe, Lonzo, they're going to have to make a decision on... um, in terms of restricted free agent, and then uh, I guess Josh Hart to a lesser extent. I don't know how badly they want to keep him. Um, and then obviously you got Zion for a few, like I think three more years before you have to worry about that. Yeah, I think I think Ingram really is enjoying the system that he's in, the the team chemistry that he's building with these young guys, and he's finally able to thrive. And even like you said earlier, he may not even have reached his his peak and like what we can actually see out of him so i think he's very happy there i think he'll gladly take whatever whatever they give him but that's true he could he could do them a solid and take whatever they offer him Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if they're gonna offer him max because he's had those blood clot problems and that's pretty serious to the point where i thought they were saying if he had another one he might not be able to play again so Bosh, like that's yeah. not something to take lightly. No. Like that could be a lot of money lost. Um, I think especially maybe, if if there's no like insurance on that. I think he, even he's got to understand that. And and even like beyond that, he may take a little bit less to if they wanted to bring in someone else, like some like a big or some sort of center. So yeah. Well, that's that's where it gets interesting though, because the Knicks could again they could just flip the the coin and just like take that chance on that he'll be completely healthy and he'll be their number one option at least for a year yeah depending on what else they do so um i don't know that should be interesting i i don't think he's going anywhere i think they're gonna match yeah if not he'll like you said they'll work he'll work with them yeah um andre drummond is the next one you have yeah, I I don't I'm not I'm not sure what Cleveland really wants to do. I haven't watched a lot of their games, but uh, I know they have they have a good backcourt possibly going for them in in Sexton and Garland. Um, forwards, I'm not too sure. Tristan Thompson also is, I believe he's also a free agent this or next next year. Either way, yeah, I don't I don't know what I really just don't know what they're building there. But I this is kind of like a toss up for me. Here's the thing, though. So the Drummond experiment never worked in Detroit because, like we talked about in our last podcast, <laughs> the the three-headed monster that was beheaded with one shot, which, like, dude, Josh Smith and uh, Greg Monroe and him just never worked, right? And I think that was, like, in his second season they tried that. Then they bring in... Um, Blake Griffin to play alongside him and again Blake Griffin actually improved his shooting a lot so I'm not going to say it 
didn't completely work. But I think him and Kevin Love might actually work. Um, I just don't know if this is a guy you want to pay a ton of money to. He's definitely going to pick up his player option. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I don't know what you think about that. I think they, I think they probably will. I think there was a reason why they, why they traded for him, and I think they they want him going forward. Um, well, it's so so it's a player option of like twenty million dollars or something, right? Yeah, maybe more. Um, it's a ton of money for a guy that just rebounds and kind of plays defense. Kind of, yeah. Um, so. I don't know. I think they want to see how it works. Um, he obviously wants his money. I don't think, I don't think he's going to opt out of this because he's going to cost himself a ton of money. Yep. If he does, he may not get that uh, anywhere. And I else. don't know what team picks him up. Uh, maybe if here's the thing, if he does opt out, he's going to have a ton of options because a lot of teams are they know what his market value is, yep. and it's pretty low. So. I have a feeling a lot of teams are going to be fighting for him and a lot of teams, again, are going to be able to offer him that money because, again, his value is low. Yep. So, like, every team is going to have that, whatever it is, $8 to $10 million. Not every, but most. Whereas guys that have max contracts up, like, they're big-time players. They probably want to play in a certain place. Um, they want, like, a certain team in place. Even guys that are max that are, like, lower than the full max... Um, there's only so many teams that cleared enough cap space to be able to offer them that amount. Whereas Andre Drummond is not going to get that. He will not. If he opts out, he's not getting it. I mean, do they, do they think that somebody wants to come play with Drummond? Like, are they trying to pair him? I don't think so. Because I don't know. First of all, I don't know who wants to go to Cleveland. Second off, who wants to play with Andre Drummond? I don't know. Because they didn't want to go to Detroit to play with him. But, yeah. I, I I'm wondering if they're... Their goal was to like flip him for something else. Yeah, like maybe one of these teams they thought would want to take a chance, and maybe that didn't work I out. I think I think they were in talks with Houston right before the deadline, and I think Houston yeah, just decided so, to go go with their their small ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm positive he's going to pick up pick up the player option. I just don't know what Cleveland's goal is, and I don't know. Drummond better have a really good season because if he wants to make any kind of money, like he's got to add something else to his game. Yeah. Either some post stuff. Um, even that's like dying out. Because he, yeah, he really, really need to be able really to shoot. He really hasn't developed like anything since he's come in the league. He's just not like all that impressive. I like I don't know. I feel like he's just an overpaid. Like again, I. Me and you agree on this. I think rebounding is just such an overrated stat. Yeah. Like, who cares if he's grabbing 20 rebounds? He's, he's just there. Grab yeah. 15 yeah. in your center cap five. Yeah. Like, there's no difference. Not saying he's not a skilled rebounder. He can definitely get you a couple extra possessions, maybe. Offensively, um, yeah. It's just, is like, is like four to five. Some games he does have a crazy amount, maybe say 10. Does 10 offensive rebounds per game. Is that worth you paying, like out the ass for? I don't because so. he doesn't. I think really, you're better off bringing in a shooter. Yeah, because he doesn't at, bring anything where the else NBA's at. besides that. Right. So, yeah, um, I don't know. So he's got to he's got to add another piece to his game. Whether it's like there just has to be something more valuable if he wants to get any kind of money. Yeah, I agree. Um. So, and it's unfortunate because 
for him, like he came into a league that was not this way, right? Mm-hmm. That was like before, before the Warriors. Like Steph Curry kind of just yeah changed the league. <laughs> um, not to say he wasn't doing it before then, but you know, like the Warriors team that went to that that finals run. And I'm gonna say even the year before that, I think people started to see like the tides turning. Mm-hmm. Um, I even thought like that team was very talented and had a chance of winning, but even so, I was dumb because I didn't realize like how young they were and how like inexperienced they were. But like I think people saw that little bit of a run started to adjust. But like once they made their finals run, the league just completely they're like that's the way we need to go because that's what's gonna work, and as those couple years went on, like slowly you just see teams like abandoning bigs that do what he does. So there's not a place for him. Um, if he played in the league 15 years ago, he'd be a guy that's making, you know, I mean, whatever it would have been back then, but like equal to, I guess what he's making now, like 20 million a year. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. He was put in a tough spot, like with that Detroit three headed pairing and just, like like you said, when when the league was changing, but I mean he's useful for what he's able to do, but just for how the league's climate is at the current moment, it's tough for him. Um, Darren Fox is the next one. He has a team option. Uh, that's because he is still on his rookie deal, I believe. I think. Was he making like a couple million a year, like seven or so, maybe less? Maybe like five. Uh, Pretty sure he's yeah. still. I think it's gonna be his last year of his rookie deal. Yep. Um. So, the team I think is gonna pick it up. There's no reason not to. Uh, I think they'll play out a good portion of the season with him, and then they're gonna have a tough decision to make because if he doesn't have like a drastic improvement, this is where. It's tough because I think, honestly, De'Aaron Fox with really good pieces around him will be an awesome player. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if he's your number one option on a NBA team. I thought like, was... I don't know if he's a number one option on a championship team. Yeah, I I thought I'm it was Buddy no. Heald, at least, at least the Kings situation. No doubt. Really? Yeah. I just think just the scoring... He was just doing more for that team. I really like the. It's funny because he got benched. <laughs> I know it's just insane, but I don't know why that happened. Um, yeah. no, I like De'Aaron Fox too. I just, I think, I think the team's gonna pick it up and they're gonna look into trading him. Um, because I, I don't know what direction the team's even going in until they have a solid, like this is our guy, like this is our future guy. Um. Like the guy that's gonna lead us to the promised land, I don't know. Like, what is there a point of keeping him? Because right. they've just been stuck in purgatory for so long. It's, it's like, would you rather get like a high pick out of this and just start over? Because, like I said, I don't know. If, I don't think he leads you to the promised land. No. Um, as the guy, and obviously you have struggled with free agents for a long time now. Um. I don't know. It'll depend. I like I like a lot of the young pieces I have. I just feel like they have yet to hit the lottery right. They keep messing up drafts pretty bad. Yeah, they just have like a mixed bag of of talent and and other 
pieces there. And I really like Fox. Like he's, I think he's a very talented player. I like a lot of players on our team. Him. Yeah. Um, I like Heald. I like Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, I like more. I honestly think, and he's starting. So like that's, I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's why he's starting. <laughs> um, they have Harrison Barnes. He shouldn't probably be starting, no. but whatever. Um, uh, they have Bagley. Bagley, I think, Bagley's is probably their best good. player. Yeah, he had a really good season mm-hmm. this year. Um, injuries. Yeah, so Oof. we'll see. And then outside of that, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else is on that team. I think they just like they have those. Three pieces. I think I thought is maybe Reza on that team. They, I think he they they traded bit, right? they, they traded, traded him right? to Portland, I believe. He was. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. he was in that Harkless deal. I thought something like that. Oh, maybe. Or maybe I'm thinking here before, but yeah. All I can say is I'm, I'm not sold on the De- De'Aaron Fox uh, no. thing. I think if he's your maybe second. Definitely third. If he's like your third option on your team, um, and you're able to put pieces around, like he's one of the pieces around those guys, that'd be awesome. Because he's a good defender. Yeah. Um, Very fast. <laughs> and just like extremely athletic, can definitely run the point guard for you. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it might be worth it for them to to move on and try to restart in the next lottery, but. We'll sleep Vlade does. He keeps messing up these draft picks, dude. He just yep. if he could just finally make a solid pick and just stop picking guys that are like middle of the pack. At least you know what he's acquired enough pieces now that he can definitely entice teams. Like De'Aaron Fox is a solid trade piece that you're gonna get. I think you're gonna get at least like two, maybe three picks out of, or a young guy and a couple picks. Um, so, like that's the only upside I could say so far about having like drafted him mm-hmm. uh the next one you have is fred van fleet yeah um solid player for toronto great shooter really developed in the past two seasons um i believe he's starting for them and wasn't mm-hmm. i don't know if he was a starter last year but i think later in the year he was but um yeah i think he's somebody that they're gonna want to they're gonna want to try to hold on to because yeah i like him a lot i think they keep him yeah i think so too i think he is he and i think it's mutual i don't think he wants to go anywhere no because he is unrestricted so yeah i think he'll want to stay that team is pretty young i mean aside from gasol but tons of depth that team can they'll definitely be contending they're slept on years yeah siakam's really good um and so is lowry a lot of people shit on Lowry but like oh my gosh just what a what a good player yeah um, I don't know I just I really don't have any complaints about their team like obviously without Kawhi they're not I, I, they lost their I'm not gonna say championship hopes I I don't think honestly, they get there call me crazy but I think they could get back to the finals again I mean I really with, like their uh, team this that year much. yeah I I think it's possible I think they're neck um, I have them neck and neck with Boston I just don't know if they're a favorite to win it without Kawhi. I think that's just, I think he just puts him over the edge um, because Siakam's still so young. And this is his first year where he can now, like, it's his team. Because before that, it was, he played behind DeRozan and Lowry, um, mostly DeRozan, right? Like, DeRozan was the number one option. 
Then you bring in Kawhi, who's clearly your number one option. Yep. But Kawhi sat a lot of games, so like that gave time to Siakam to take the reins and like obviously make big strides. He won most improved player, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. About that. Yeah, so I mean that obviously helped him, um, and I think having a guy like Kawhi on your team also helps you a ton in terms of like just picking his brain. Although Kawhi is weird, I don't know what he does behind closed doors. I'm assuming he's probably an awesome teammate. Um, then you know he leaves, and now it's like that spot is vacant for that number one option. So like it worked out perfect, honestly, that he got to play kind of like third or fourth guy, like for a couple years. Then he got to play behind Kawhi's. I think he slowly like worked his way into a number two option. A lot of times I felt like Lowry was still kind of that person here and there. But now like it's it's definitive, like that's our best player. Yeah. Um so anyway, my point is I, I really like their team. Did um did Siakam ever play in the G League? I thought he did. I thought he did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. I just want to say Toronto and Miami, as far as finding talent in the G League. They're just so good oh, at doing that. It's crazy, especially yeah. with Bam. I mean, dude, Bam. Um, was Duncan Robinson a G League player? Ah, uh, maybe. I know. Um, I know. Uh, who's their Kendrick point guard? Dunn. Yeah, he was yeah. undrafted. I'm pretty sure. I, they just find this. T- it's just amazing. Like I wish, I wish we could do that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's gained a lot of experience, Siakam. Like you said, playing behind a vet, someone who has a High IQ championship mentality has already won before. And playing Kawhi for Leonard. awesome coaches too, by the way. Yeah, I was Dwayne I, Casey won Coach of the Year when he got fired. Yeah, it's amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, and they upgraded, which is fucking even crazier. And Kyle Lowry, who, I mean, you look at some of his numbers, and they may not be like I know he's not shooting very well, but he's such a he's just such an annoying player to go against. And he's just he just does so, like all the little things and the hustle and the defense. He just does a lot that you don't see on on the scoreboard. And and he's been there for years trying to get yeah. that ring. So. And everybody called him like not clutch. And I will say he's had his playoff moments where it's like, dude, you're gonna show up. But like, <laughs> yeah. last season that finals run, dude, he he showed up. That was crazy. Yeah. He had a lot of big shots in that finals. Yep. So. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Van Fleet stays, and they want to try to keep that team together as long as they can. And honestly, I think that's such a huge, like, weight off Lowry's shoulders. Like, what a relief to finally have had your moment, and you you captured it, and it led you to a championship. And now, it's like you did it. I, I feel like it, he becomes much more relaxed when he's going to go play. Honestly, I feel like his confidence has been way higher this season than it's ever been. Just watching him play. Um and I think that'll just continue. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then the so last guy on the list is <laughs> also a find from you know shit that apparently <laughs> like you're saying the Sixers can't do, and that's Joe Harris. Yep. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I'll let you talk well, about this one. I'll say I was gonna let you talk about it because uh, you know, I know team, you want but, me to. Uh, I have a lot to say, but yeah. Um. I'll just jump in real quick then. Yeah, I think he stays. I think he will be a perfect fit in what KD and Kyrie and that team is going to be doing next season. I think he's going to love the system that he'll be in, the catch and shoot. Um, 
He's one of the best shooters in the league, if not the best. So behind Curry. So yeah, I mean, just terrific player. And having KD and Kyrie and maybe less of the scoring load off of him. Um, yeah, I think he's just going to thrive. I don't, I don't really think he wants to leave. I think he has built a lot with that team over the past couple of years. So, yeah, I think he stays. Yeah, again, so we were just talking about great GMs and Masai Ujiri is probably the best in the league. Um, Sean Marks, dude, in the couple of years that he's had, I think, what is it, three now? I think it's been three. Just what a crazy job. And it's exactly what you were just talking about um, with, like, now, it hasn't been G League, granted, like right. Toronto's been doing in, in Miami. But he's gone after guys that have floated around in G League or have just been at the end of the bench and just not been able to give, like, haven't been given an opportunity. So, Joe Harris is one of these guys. He's played on LeBron's championship team runs, or not championship teams, final teams runs, I think. I think he was on the 25th. 15, I, yeah, I looked. He was on one of those. Yeah, he was yeah. on. He was on that team, um, and just didn't get like any playing time. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if he. I'm pretty sure he didn't stick out the full season to win the championship. Um, in their 2016 run, he might have been there at the start of the season, but then I actually maybe the Nets had him at that point. I can't remember. I know we did at least have him at like 2016. First season with Brooklyn. Nets. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we picked him up after that year. Yep. So we f- we basically went in and took a guy that wasn't given much playing time or a chance and just increased his time playing dramatically. And you have an awesome player development coach in Kenny Atkinson who's also working with him to, one, not just, like, find what he's good at, but, like, Find what he's good at and making it so that the offense can work that in there. So, ton of off-ball screens. Just unbelievable, like, offensive setups for him. Um, and he's been, he's able to shoot under, like, some crazy pressure. Like, the amount of space he needs is so slim that, like you were saying, I think it's going to be huge help for Kyrie and KD to have a guy like that. Um, which is why I think... The Nets are just going to give him whatever he wants. Um, also, I think Joe Harris wants to stay. Uh, he likes Brooklyn. There's a huge article on like um, just him and being in Brooklyn. And like he doesn't own a car or anything. He like walks everywhere, does everything like a normal person does, like goes out in public and just like, like he just loves the city. And he loves the fact that he's able to go around and do that without really ever being too noticed like he's able to fly under the radar which if you look at him dude he looks like your average dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously you wouldn't think he plays basketball (laughs) um i mean other than from like being like 6'6 um yeah i think all that and like again the nets have just found these talents that nobody else is picking up on like spencer dimwitty had a run with the bulls and then the pistons both very short, like no playing time. Spent pretty good amount of time in the G League. Uh, the Nets signed him. And I still remember the day they signed him. I told uh, my friend this. I said, hey, this guy we just signed, like he's going to be really good. He's like, oh, that Dimwini guy, he, he didn't play at all. I think he sucks. We should have picked up uh, 
Oh man, what was the name he was giving me? There's a guy that was very popular at the time. What year? Twenty seventeen. He wasn't on the team. I don't remember who it was though. He was like a player that was floating around the league that was like still on the back end. It was like a Randy Foy type of guy, you know, like a guy oh, that like okay. was okay a couple <laughs> years ago, but like wasn't that great anymore. So he's trying to convince me that like that was the guy we should win with. I was like, no, like this, you should watch highlights of this guy. I'm telling you, he's going to be good. And like that night he went off. Um, and it was so much fun to watch. And like just since then, like Dinwiddie has just exploded, like just the amount of work he's put in. And like, again, player development with Kenny Atkinson, just yep. <laughs> getting him to his spots, places where he's going to succeed, putting an offense around him that works for him. Um, so, yeah, I just there's a ton of guys. Roddy, uh, Rody Kuruks, he's, I don't know, although he's had like a down season this year, he's definitely way better than I expect him to be. Yeah. The guy that we pulled in the second round that I didn't even know how to say his name the first time I saw it. He's had his off off court issues, but yeah, hopefully he's past that. Um, but I don't know. It's Joe Harris is definitely the number one guy out of all these guys, though, that I think the Nets need to make their priority yeah. to keep. Because I think he's just so complimentary to what a healthy Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to need. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. I guess that'll wrap it up. Yeah, I can keep going on and on about the Nets. <laughs> That's a Knicks. Take too long on it. <laughs> Well, yeah, for different reasons. Yep. One's a good thing, um, one's a bad thing. Yeah. All right. We, yeah, we definitely got to wrap this up. Okay. It's been, we, wow, we, we went a pretty long time today. Yeah. So, uh, Frank, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at SwayNatra. Um, you can find me, Mackie Ireland, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, wherever else you do your social media and it's at Mackie Ireland I know sometimes I don't say it like it's actually my name um, you'd also find Rim Grazers on Twitter Instagram YouTube uh, again wherever you do your social media you can visit our website you'd also find the podcast obviously on our website Spotify SoundCloud oh boy it's a big list um, YouTube I could go on and on uh, the only place we are not on yet is iTunes, and we're working on that. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Peace.